My name is Ramon Lampkin, and I am the Marshal of Augusta, Richmond County. Four years ago, you elected me to this position, and I need your vote once again. We've gotten a lot accomplished over the last few years. When I took office, I aspired to change the image of the Marshal's office from a professional and personal viewpoint. We have improved that tremendously, from how we treat the public to the culture among employees in our office. In our efforts to protect the citizens of Augusta, Richmond County, our office emphasizes training for both myself and our staff. Not only did I personally go back to school and earn my master's degree, we also tripled the overall training of this office. The intent was to make myself and this office more knowledgeable and certified. When it comes to community engagement, I believe we should reach and teach our kids why they are impressionable. We have lunch with them and teach them about various forms of safety. Continuous improvement has been the goal of this office for the last four years, and our work still continues. That's why I need your vote for me, Ramon Lampkin, Richmond County Marshal. Welcome to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon, here with the Marshal of Augusta, Richmond County. I had the good fortune to talk to him when he was in a, initially a candidate. That was four years ago, and I tell you what, man, time flies when uh, you're working for the community, when you're working for people. I can say that about my show. I can also say that about the Marshal's office. Very glad to be here with Ramon Lampkin. How you doing, my friend? Doing good. Glad to be here, Ken. Thank you for having me on the show today. So glad to have you on. You are running for re-election. It's hard to really think about politics right now, though, because of you know, the effects of COVID-19 and, and how that's affecting our community. How's that affecting the marshal's office? Well, the biggest thing we have to do is just make sure that people are safe, you know, and that's something managing through this crisis right now is, you know, is unprecedented. It's something that, you know, I've never experienced in my lifetime, but I'm something that we're taking very seriously. We're working with a kind of a skeleton crew here at the office. Uh, we make sure our deputies are staying safe out in the community. And we're trying to make sure we're doing what we can for the community, too. So make, if they need something, you know, we're able to provide that services. One thing that we did, we suspended evictions for 60 days. You know, there's no reason to put somebody out of their home and then expose them to stuff that they don't have to be exposed to. So we're doing our part, you know, working with the government, just trying to make sure our community is safe. That's good and, and very conscientious when you talk about, like you say, the uh, holding off the, on the evictions during this time. Man, I... There's so many different things like that. And I know I've had conversations, like I said, the conversation like we're having now, but also with other elected officials to just try to see what ways can we service the community. I want to kind of uh, add a lighthearted piece to this because, of course, you all provide, you know, security for the municipal building. When I came in, they kind of they stopped me and they were like, well, hey, what's this in the bag? It was it was the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something we take very seriously. Right. We want to make sure you're not bringing the grenades, guns, anything in this building. I mean... When I took office, I just saw that we had a deficiency with our security. And I was like, we have to improve that, especially with the climate we live in right now. Sure. We had to make, I told them one incident that happened in this building is one incident too many. So we, we something we, we take very seriously with training and make sure we get screen people and, and the people, the community. You know, when you, when you come into a building, you want to make sure it's safe when you come in there. Absolutely. So you rest assured, even though you had your little microphone stuff, but <laughs> you know nobody else had anything coming in this building, though. Right. As someone who has come, like I said, went to the old municipal building and now being in this new facility, you know, I've, I have seen the evolution of that security firsthand. It's something that, like I said, I can appreciate uh, that your office is, you know, has been proactive about. Um, and like you say, because if anything happens in the like it's that security related, that defines your office. And by extension, that defines you and defines, defines your tenure. So, like I said, kudos to you in that regard. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I want to ask you about this, you know, these last four years and. You know, we've, we've talked about security, but you guys have really taken on the challenge uh, in terms of professionalism, in terms of making your office more personable. Talk about some of the things that you've done. Well, the one thing that I, I, when I took office, I looked at is that, you know, we can be more professionalism, I mean, more professional. You know, even down to our uniforms, we had 
four or five different uniforms, you know, people were doing different things, and it was all about changing the culture. It, it nothing against my predecessor, but it was that way for 28 years. So it took some, I had some ideas of what I wanted to do with the agency, you know, uh, coming from a state patrol background, you know, it's a paramilitary organization, you know, that's my background, and just being, you know, the culture and the pride, you know, before people came here, it was like, almost like a retirement uh, agency, I come here. I ain't really got to do much, and now we don't have that, that 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 same mentality now. When you come here, I tell everybody you're gonna work when you come here. So uh, if you come here, the old regime thinking that okay, you don't have to do as much, we just don't do that no way anymore. I mean, it's we take it very seriously down to security, uh, even the way we treat each other. You know, uh, having communications, even trying to get, you know, just because if you have like more of like a family type atmosphere. You work better together, sure. and so we have like trying to have events with each other. We try and encourage more interaction with each other. Um, it just is the biggest thing, just changing the culture. Let me ask you that because I and you're talking about morale. How does morale in the office extend to how you all treat the public? Kind of take us in. Well, two ways. One way, if we treat our employees bad, then they're gonna turn around and treat the, the citizens bad. But if we treat our employees good, then, you know, they're going to treat the, the, the citizens good. So you want to make sure that you provide a good work environment. You know, um, I have a true open door policy. People don't have to make an appointment to come up here and see me. They can just come and see me. If you have a concern, you know, we can talk about it. Because, you know, our employees are our biggest asset. And we have to take care of our employees. Um, I institute something when I came in, you know, it's the little things. When I was a state patrol I, when I had my first child, you know, the colonel wrote me a hand note, you know, you know, about the birth of my child. And that's something significant. And that's something that really touched me. And that's something that I tried to bring here. So on everybody's birthday, you know, I sent them a text, I sent them a call. And I, I got everybody's birthday this age on my calendar, hmm. you know. And it's something small. But it, I, I think it means a lot when you have, you know, the, the boss or your supervisor call you and at least have some interaction with you besides just come to work and just do your job. Yeah, absolutely. You talked about uh, the birth of your first child. This office does a lot with young people. You all have lunch with the kids, I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the listening audience will be very interested to see what this office does in that regard. I mean, our, our kids are our future. And sometimes when you get sometimes a child 15, 16 years old, you know, they're kind of set in their ways and it's going to take something traumatic for them to kind of change. So right. I realize that. So that's why we really just focus on elementary school kids you know, have a different light for the, with law enforcement because I'll be honest, when I was a kid, you know, we had law enforcement. We used to run from them and things of that nature. Like, why are we running from law enforcement? We should be running to law enforcement. You know, they are there to help us. And that's the big thing what I try and get out in the community right now. We're here to help people. So we go at least once or twice a week. We go to the elementary school kids and we have lunch with them. Uh, Captain Sapp, he's the head of that division for me. He's doing an awesome job. I mean, the kids know him and, and, and they know us because we're in the school system. At least once or twice a week, we're in the school systems. And one big thing we're doing, well, another big thing we're doing with the kids is our Eddie Eagle program. It's teaching kids about gun safety. Because kids, you know, you, you, you're curious, and that's when accidents happen. Right. You know, we have, you know, you may have a gun and stuff because... Lord, I, I was little and I knew what my mom's gun was and luckily nothing happened but I went and touched it from time to time but now we're teaching kids not to touch it you know if you see it talk to your parents about it you know the real seriousness of gun safety and not just working on the kids with gun safety we even doing the adults with gun safety we do an adult class because a lot of times people may buy a gun but don't know how to use it right. not proficient with it so we want to get you proficient with it if you want to keep it a lot of, sometimes people go to those classes and realize hey the gun is not for me 
and then they wind up selling to somebody, you know, selling it back to the store, whatever the case may be. But it's all about being safe. And that's one thing what I want to do with this office is make sure that people are being safe. We protect our kids, protect our elders, protect everybody. And we're just doing that in every aspect. You talked about when you were young, what law enforcement meant to you was something that was, you know, kind of incited fear, incited like a, an intimidation. Uh, as a black man, as as black folks, a lot of a lot of that our relationship with law enforcement, you know, we kind of have that angst. Um, as someone who is a marshal, who is also an African-American, just talk about kind of breaking through that wall of intimidation, that wall of fear, and helping people to really understand, hey, this is a service for people, by people, and maybe based on, of some, on some of your personal experiences. And, and again, we talk about that. And law enforcement, people got read, we're here to help. And growing up, like I grew up, um, off Kennedy Drive. Um, we didn't have much. I got a twin brother. My mom gave us away, me and my twin brother. So, I mean, we grew up very poor, I mean, just to be honest. I mean, so, and the climate we lived in, people just was scared of law enforcement. I mean, all of the guys I hung out with were just scared of law enforcement. Then it took one day for, um, he's a lieutenant now with the sheriff's office. Uh, I was working at Bilo, well, not Bilo, Winn-Dixie on Gordon Highway, and he was working especially at Elijah Parker. I give him credit. He's one of the reasons why I'm in law enforcement today. Hmm. He came to my house. He said he saw something in me. You know, came to my house, talked to my mom, and then took me out to the movies. And I said, man, law enforcement, they're not jerks. They're actually pretty good. <laughs> How old were you? I was 15 years old. Wow. 15 years old. And I said, they're not jerks. And then, but that's what we all start doing now is breaking those barriers. That's why we go to the schools now. You know, with the kids. That's why we have so many different events. That's why I'm in Project Impact, so we mentor them to kids. So people see, law enforcement, we're not jerks. We got a job to do. Uh, we're going to do a service, but we're here to help. Uh, we got not just law enforcement. I mean, we referees, we're counselors, uh, even doing evictions. We go out, and if we can find some type of service to help somebody, that's what we do. You know, we have to do our job because that's about mandated by the courts and things sure. of that nature. But you can go above and beyond to do your job. You can try and find somebody some help at some type of a shelter or something like that when you're doing evictions and doing certain things. Have compassion for people. And that's what is the biggest thing I try and, you know, display to my guys and my people. Have compassion for people and go above and beyond. Man, like I said, I'm, I'm so impressed by your office. And like I said, just from my experience, having talked to you and just kind of having seen your work in, you know, from year one <clears throat> to year four. And, I, you know, it's, it's just evident how that has affected this entire office, the people that you work with and by extension, the community. A lot of that derives from pride and just just personal pride. And I want to talk about I understand you all do cleanups as well. We do. Uh, man, I, like I said, there's, there's so much. And I just, you know, I, I really want the community to understand that when you think people think about law enforcement, maybe in a couple of aspects mostly negative but when you have a law enforcement that works for the people you get things like community cleanups um how do you go out and, and what does that look like so what we do we find neighborhoods and we target neighborhoods that you know have that need and then we volunteer our own hours and then we try and get other members of the community we go in and we clean that neighborhood up so if you know we take our time to go do that hopefully it would develop some type of sense of pride in the community so they would start wanting to do it themselves you know um and it's big. I mean, it's big. We, I mean, we spend hours. It'd be eight, nine hours out there working, you know, cleaning up a neighborhood. And you just see that what is transformed from, you know, what it was until what it, when we get done. And a lot of people just come up and just think, we really appreciate what you're doing. Because sometimes people want to do it, but just don't have the means to do it. So we brought work with uh, environmental services, 
bring the equipment and stuff out there to get the job done and it just really creates a, a great environment and one thing too when you have a, a neighborhood that's um you can say that when it's filth and stuff like that it's correlation with crime yeah. when you know we want it's the broken windows there you want to catch it at the smallest level so if you have a neighborhood it was broken down cars houses mm -hmm. junk you know, lit all over the place, you know, it's going to be some crime in that area. But when you start cleaning up, now people say, well, I'm not going to accept that in my neighborhood. I got pride in my neighborhood. We're going to do something about it. We're going to call the police when we need to call them. We're not going to have you doing this in our neighborhood. And that's what the overall effect It's just making sure Augusta is just clean and safe. Talking about Augusta, and I just want to ask you about just that spirit of and a willingness to work with uh, other organizations in the community. Where does that come from? And just for you, like I said, uh, you know, this being your, you know, your first term, kind of take us through what it looks like when you're able to partner with these organizations and you all are able to come together and provide these type of, of services. Well, nothing can get done by itself. And once you realize that, you have to have community partners. I mean, that's the only way we can get anything done in this city. And it takes, I don't mind calling whoever I got to call, talking to whoever I got to talk to. You know, nobody's too big or too small for me to talk to. You know, whatever we got to do to get the, the job done. And that's just working with all the community partners from government to private entities to church organizations. You have so many people that want to help but just don't have a vehicle to do it. And when we reach out to them, oh, man, it, it, it's just really remarkable. Like even Starbucks, like they they have a more of a community activist, what they do, and then they look for day of service and, and a lot of organizations like that look for their service and we just call them you know and they come out and volunteer their time and, and just pouring back in the neighborhood i mean it's just really an awesome thing and we're just really doing a lot for augusta so it really kind of um make you real feel good make you feel good about humanity about what people are doing because sometimes you see so much negative all the time in the newspapers and reported news but you never really hear about all the good stuff that people are doing and it's a lot of people in this community that's giving back that's, you know, paying it forward and doing things of that nature. Yeah. We, we're thinking so much about this pandemic, and yet there still is Election Day. And like I said, I know it's something that people may not prioritize, but it is imperative based on a lot of the work that you all are doing, you know, for people to come out and make their presence felt. And I'm sure that you want them to come out and vote, certainly. But I can imagine you want them to vote for you as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm, and just... I just want the voters to really be educated. You know, uh, take a look at my track record, what I've been doing uh, since I've been in the office, even before I came in office. You know, a lot of times you want to be able, when opportunity knocks, you want to be able to open the door. So that's what I did when I prepared myself. When I was in state patrol, you know, I, I got leadership training. I went to um, get post instructor certified so I can start pouring back into you know, other young recruits and things of that nature. And that's one thing I realized that if you're not growing yourself, you can't grow other people. Mm -hmm. You know, we're here to help grow other people, to be mentored, to be mentees, you know, things of that nature. So that's why I went back to school. I, you know, I got my bachelor's degree. I got my master's degree. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, for as my formal education, then for as my professional education, got my professional management from Columbus State, um, FBI National Academy, uh, Bill Westfall Leadership uh, School, uh, my supervisor management, my management certification, you know, all those things prepare me for what I'm doing right now. And that's just, you know, like I said, you, you can't grow other people if you're not growing yourself. And that's just when you have, you know, that vision and that's something that, you know, Lord's blessed me with, with a vision that, hey, this is what I, I want. I feel like this is my calling to do. And that's just, you know, the, the path that I took to do it. That's good. And again, Election Day, I'm not entirely sure about early voting. I'm 
absentee voting, I would imagine it's going to be a factor here with everything that's going on. But so glad to have the marshal of Augusta Richmond County, Ramon Lampkin, on this show. Thank you, Ramon. Thank you. You know, um, the governor did put out, he was going to put out, send out absentee ballots to everybody okay. that's registered voters. So uh, if you don't want to come out to the polls, you know, take advantage of those absentee ballots. You know, I hope I've earned your support and earned the votes of your listeners here to vote Ramon Lampkin.